1: Welcome to the very first episode of the Help Desk Escalations and my name is Peter Wells and the idea behind this show is the, the Help Desk was always meant to be a bit of a and a session. Uh, you know, the, the, the name implies that this is a Help Desk that you can come up to and ask questions that you have, burning questions that you have about technology and we'll do our best to find the experts to answer those questions for you. One of the first questions we got on Twitter was, what kind of monitor uh, should I buy? And it's a fascinating question. It sounds like it should have a very easy answer. In fact, one of our guests, Ant, made a very snark tweet saying, well, just buy the best Dell you can afford end of story. But there is a little bit more to, to unpack about this, um, especially when you're talking about whether you need a gaming monitor, whether you need something for high pixel, precise pixel work, or whether you're just a standard user who is going to be staring at Outlook for most of the day. So to to join me in and discuss some of these questions, I've got Mark Edwards. Uh, how are you, Mark?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Good to chat to you again. Goes-
1: yeah, it's been so long since we've chatted online. It's, it's incredible. But um, yeah, we were just reminiscing about the fact that we recorded a podcast 13 years ago, um, <laughs> which is pretty insane. Uh, and also joining me is the lovely Anthony Aegis who was on the help desk last week and always, always good for bargain hunts and also just general uh,
2: technology questions. How are you, Ant? Good, Pete. Good, Pete. This- Monitors, uh, the topic that I get, same, I get lots of questions about monitors as well. There's so many to, to choose from that I've boiled it down to, for most people, it's good the, Dell Ultra, the Dell Ultra Sharp you can afford, but you're right, there's lots of other unique edge cases where that advice doesn't suit. Yeah, absolutely. And And look, you know... I think
1: a lot of people listening might have might be thinking, well, you know, this would have been a great discussion to have before. A few months yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> before lockdown started. And and you know what? I don't come to your workplace and tell you how to do your job. So just chill out, man. 2020 has been a hard year for all of us. But I, I think it's still relevant because I know a lot of people are still, maybe they're buying a brand new Mac mini to test out. And and that seems to be, at least on the Mac side of things, that's where a lot of the push I've, I've seen recently has been coming from of like, what do I get for that? that Mac mini that I want to stick on my desk or the fact that, you know, the new airs and pros only support one monitor that changes the equation as well. Should I get one gigantic monitor or uh because I, I won't be able to power two monitors out of that device. So anyway, with all of those, those uh, caveats in place, I thought it'd be worthwhile um, discussing some of these things. So, so Ant, why, why for you is the Dell ultra um,
2: the best pick for most people? The the Dart Ultra Sharp is kind of their, their premium range. So they've got various sizes of monitors. So there's like a twenty four, a twenty seven, a, a thirty-four, and I think they've even got now a forty inch. And they they usually have the best uh quality panel in it. So like the colors are nice. There's usually a lot of nice um uh inputs. So they often have on their on the ultra sharp range a USB C uh input. So, if you're using a Mac, you just use one USB C cable, particularly with a laptop, and it'll charge the laptop and act as a USB hub and act as the display cable through one cord, which is nice. And uh, they're, they're a good warranty. Like They usually got like a three or a five year uh, uh, warranty. Mm. They'll ship it directly to you. The pricing, they're, they're on sale pretty much all the time. Mm, I like mm. don't pay full price for one, yeah. <laughs> they're on sale like every week. And the warranty, is again, again, with the um, the Pixel uh, warranty, so usually like on the ultra-sharp range, like one pixel, two pixel, dead pixels, they will give you a new one. Whereas with uh, their cheaper brands or even with other brands, they will just go uh, look five pixels is the minimum. Mm. They have to stop working until we give you a new one. That's crap. Like one pixel is bad enough, let alone five. So yeah, I ju- it's I just, just looked a really it good it's, like, it's one, common sense. one dead pixel, three-year warranty, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much like I can recommend those with like a, a, a good conscience knowing they buy it, it's not going to suck. But again, there are... Other times, when you might not want a, or even you might find a, a, a bit of deal hmm. than a Dell UltraSharp, because they are a bit on the pricier side.
1: They really are. But um, you know, just before lockdown started, I I didn't have a monitor for. Uh, I just bought a Mac Mini, and I didn't have a monitor for it, and I panic bought a 4K 32 inch. I can't even rem- remember the brand, but it doesn't even matter. But whatever it was, I, I actually it was an Acer. I panic bought that at Office Works before you know the the stage four restrictions came in, and I hated that monitor. I hated it so much. Like I just thought, you know, look, it looked fine in the store, and I and, and I know that monitors in stores are calibrated just like TVs to to look great in store, but they they that may not be what you want when you get home. And oh my god, the color reproduction on this thing was just atrocious. And you know, it was not the four K. Um, and that's a that's a thing to get into later. But it wasn't the four K that really annoyed me. It really was that color reproduction. So, yeah, it has now been retired to the bedroom as a as a bedroom TV. And I've since replaced it with a more expensive Dell. And yeah, for the most part, I would say, you know, when people used to ask me what what is the best USB C uh, hub for a Mac. I would always say the Dell monitor, which I know is overkill, but yeah, it just it becomes that thing where you've got this one thing on your desk that turns your laptop into a desktop, where you don't have to think about you know unplugging seventeen different dongles or or things. You've just got bang, you
2: connect to the monitor, and then you're ready to go. Apple used to sell monitors that were literally they had an uh, Ethernet port, a USB C hub, sorry, a a USB hub, and even speakers built in, and it was like, all right, one plug. Does everything mm. because Apple doesn't sell monitors anymore. It's a lot more complicated. Well, they sell one monitor, Uh Mark. Do you have that one monitor that they sell?
0: I, I do. I have that one monitor. It costs as much <laughs> as a car, but but I have it here.
2: I try. Yeah, I forgot the Pro XDR thing. It costs so much. I actually erased it from <laughs> from my mind because it's just so, so impossible for me to uh, justify. It. it may as well just not, uh, be T- it. be like be. To be honest, so that's-
1: Mark, if uh, so I was just going to say. So if if I'm if I spend my day, you know, j- jumping between Excel and Outlook, uh, is is the XDR monitor the best choice for me?
0: Oh, totally. You should definitely go on. <laughs> um No, no. I, th- I think it's important, sort of stepping back a little bit and breaking this down into categories. I mean, I certainly agree with Anthony's recommendation of getting getting Dells. They're 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 pretty they're a pretty safe bet. Um, but I think. Gaming is very different to, to reading or writing text, which is yep. very different to looking at photos, doing video editing and design work. Um, and that's also different. I mean, maybe there's another category as well where maybe you start talking about um, accessibility, where you want things to be larger by default. That's, again, there's, there'd be different different choices there. And I think um, if you sort of break it into the main three categories, games, reading text, and, and you know, doing some kind of visual work, um, you end up with very different answers because there's different mm. different panel technologies that are. Um, there are certain things you want with games. You want basically fast refresh rate, fast response rate, um, and that's again the the actual panel technology is different. You may want something. There's um, so the main kind of main technologies behind displays are IPS, which is in plane switching. That sort of gives you the the best still image reproduction. Um, there's TN, which uh, my opinion is they're generally cheap and <laughs> pretty much garbage um, avoid mm. avoid TN panels, so old laptops used to have TN panels, uh, like the original MacBook air. you know it looks really washed out and it 's not great. It can be okay for gaming, but really not good um, and the other technology is VA so VA is is sort of a midpoint between TN and ips it 's pretty good picture quality, but it 's actually a, a faster response rate so when you 're talking about high refresh rates displays for games, a VA panel may actually be a good option most of the I think all the the Dell High-end displays, are, I think they're all IPS, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is yeah. yeah, which is totally fine for gaming. But it's in terms of sort of optimizing for your use case, there may be there may be certain things you want that um, a different panel technology will give you. And there's there's obviously this, there's other emerging technologies. There's OLED, which is um, often used in in high-end TVs. There's some very nice LG OLED TVs um, that also have a great color reproduction and. Uh, great response rate as well. They're very they're very fast displays, so they're, they're good for, for gaming as well. So, eventually, OLED displays will be good for gaming. Um, and there's sort of micro LED and, and mini LED, if we want to talk about those as well. My, micro LED is like OLED in that the, each pixel is a little light and mm-hmm. um, it, it actually generates the light itself. So, micro LED will be amazing. You can't buy, as, as far as I'm aware, you can't buy any. Mainstream displays using micro led, mini LED, which sounds the same, so we probably need to go back step back a sec. so for the iPS displays, they um, are essentially like little little shutters that that block the the backlight that's that's coming behind them, so there's a giant white light behind, and then they kind of close off. Depending on how 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 light you want the the pixel to, to be, in you know the various red, green, and blue channels, micro LED is just an advancement of the backlight technology that lets you have uh, localized dimming, which is good for like watching videos and editing photos. So, so in terms of my recommendations, I'd say for for gaming, you want a display that kind of matches the resolution you're going to be playing games at. Um, mm-hmm. If you're playing 4K games, you want a 4K display. If you're not going to have your game at 4K, you're going to have it lower resolution. Getting a lower resolution display would be totally fine if you want to save some money. Or you could future-proof self pro- future proof yourself by, by getting a 4K display. You probably want something that is one of the actual... Gaming display, so that probably means a VA panel or or IPS, which would be fine. But VA is probably the, the best choice. If That's really interesting. Yeah.
1: Can I just interrupt you for a second? Yeah, sure. Mark? Sorry. Um, and, no, no ram- um,
0: rambling rant. <laughs>
1: no, no, I like it. I like it. But uh, yeah, just I, I finally looked up because uh, the the Acer that I bought, it seemed fine on paper. It had you know HDR, it had um, a really great com- color gamut, all that kind of stuff. And so I was really surprised when I got it home, just why I found the. The monitor so unpleasant to look at, and I've just looked up the specs, and it is the TN uh, panel type. So, so what
0: exactly again? Can you just
1: break that down a little bit more about why that is the kind of cheapest and and least least I don't know nice to look at.
0: Um, that's that's a good question. <laughs> We're bordering on the the edge of my knowledge here. Um, I, I don't exactly know why TN. Uh, aren't great at a technical level. I, all I know is they they're typically quite grey and washed out colours. Um, mm. In terms, you know, in comparison to IPS. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's so I'm not definitely sure.
1: the that's definitely the look. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if you can't explain it. It's definitely the look that I, that I was really struggling with. And it, it just another thing that uh, you know, it sounds so silly, but the inputs really do matter. Like uh, this was another thing where I just thought, well, who cares? It it has no USB hub built into it, but who cares? Well, it turns out, it, you know, that does matter a lot when you're using a uh, hundred different, you know, microphones and cameras and things like that. Uh, especially with something like a Mac mini, you know, there's, there's not a lot of ports at the back anyway. So anything that you can do to upgrade, upgrade the ports that are built inside that machine is definitely worth considering when you're buying it. But let's move to pixels for a second and Anthony, there is a discussion about uh, 1440p, I should say, uh, versus some of the other standards that people might know about. Can you explain that a
2: little? I actually think this is Mark's. Like Mark has written I know he two, has. At least two blog posts about this. But, 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 history, but I you, you would it be the good
1: uh, intro, and then we'll, we'll flip to, to Mark as, as to why All that right. might not be good for but, your, your average person.
2: It comes down to a thing called PPI or DPI. Like the Windows tends to call it 100% one hundred and fifty percent or two hundred percent mode on a Mac. It's often called a a Retina screen or scaled mode, and they have like what is it called? Something that's like normal or better or scaled or.
0: Oh, don't um, don't get me started about Apple's defaults.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why I said Mark Mark would love to explain this. But um, it's essentially once you get the screen a certain physical size, so like a thirty four inch or a forty inch, and the resolution a certain a resolution like a 4K or a 1440p or a 1080p, the text gets really small or really big, but it also can be sharper or not as sharp. So the most common example is a 27-inch 4K screen. They're kind of the most common 4K monitor size around. Now, if you run that at its native resolution of 4K at at what Windows would call 100%, Everything is microscopic. Uh-huh. Like it is like tiny. I can't use that. Like some freaks do, but most normal people can't use that resolution. So that means you either need to run it at two hundred percent, which looks fantastic. Like because every um, it's just way way sharper, way clearer. That, that's what Apple does on their Retina screens. They run everything at at double the the pixels, so it it looks great. The problem is at 27-inch 4K resolution, once you make it 200%, you've effectively halved the screen real estate of what you can see on the display because everything's twice as big, and it suddenly becomes quite large. Now, 27-inch 1080p is not – if you have poor eyesight, it's actually quite good. Things are nice and big to read, easy to read, and look sharp. But most people, when they see a 27-inch screen, they want that 1440p equivalent resolution, which is the PPI of, I think, about 150 or so, um, which you can do that scaled at 150%, which is kind of like the the middle point. So it kind of, it doesn't double it, it kind of fixes it by 1.5. And that's where most people tend to run their 27-inch 4K display at. So you're not getting the high-resolution crispness of running it at 100%, and you're not getting the tiny microscopic sizes of, uh, running it at the native resolution, but you've kind of got this middle bit. And for a while, scaling kind of sucked. Like on on Windows, 150% can be quite awkward because some apps don't support it very well. Um, on Mac, it's a lot better, Ooh. but I tend to find it a bit awkward. Like some, it just, it's not quite sharp enough. Like the size is not quite right. Some people don't, don't mind it. It comes down to personal preference. You need to check what it looks like before you do it but most people seem to seem to not mind that 150%. Yeah, yeah. But so so yeah. I that 4K monitor I had um I was running
1: it at 2550 by 1440 or whatever the hell that that uh, equivalent uh range is. So I guess it was 1.5 scaling. And yeah, yeah. um when I when I was going out to buy that 4K monitor, Mark, um I had a bunch of people emailing me and and messaging me saying, "Don't buy the 4K." And they would link to your article about uh uh max scaling and and why five k is the only acceptable scale and and I, I like i was like look i understand I understand what Mark is doing, and he needs those pixels to be perfect i don't my eyes are." F- bad. <laughs> and um and I you know the monitor is quite far away from me and I spend most of my day in a web browser. And and to be honest when I had the the scaling on I didn't really notice it. Like every now and again there would be maybe ghosting or something as I moved something around, but but again I think that was down to the the cheaper panel rather than anything else. So so Mark explain to the good people why you have become the the go-to
0: point for angry nerds on the internet. Um, firstly, I think Anthony did a good job of explaining it. So really what it comes down to is the the computer will render out, you know, the the desktop, the thing you're working on at a certain size, and then the the display will display it at a certain size and uh, Windows handles it a little bit differently, but let's just talk about the Mac for a second. So when you are running a display that is the non-retina you know, one about 110 PPI, basically Mac OS draws everything at the exact size, which is like Anthony said, it's 100% scale. When you're running one of, one of Apple's retina screens, it's exactly 200% and the Mac draws everything exactly at 200% and then the display presents it, you know, one for one. Each pixel drawn in, by the OS is a pixel shown on the display. Um, and what actually happens at the 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 weird midpoints so if you buy a display that that doesn't match the the exact 220 PPI for for retina macOS renders something that is actually at 220 PPI and then it gets uh, it gets scaled down you know bitmap scaled down so it's like you, you 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 know you've taken a photo and it gets scaled down and what actually ends up happening is it requires more effort for the computer and it means uh lines quite often you know when you're looking at UI there's there's single pixel lines everywhere or nice sharp 90 degree edges everywhere. And it's pretty, also pretty common to to scroll on a display and you end up with this weird shimmering effect. Um, And not only that, there's there's other issues like dithering doesn't work. And and so you're more likely to see um, banding where there should be smooth, smooth colors and, there's just and also your battery life is going to be worse because it's just more effort to do all this for the computer so yeah my, my preference as has been noted already is if you can you basically want something that is exactly the size you want it to be for the mac os percent scaled ui which is called non-retina or exactly 200 percent which is retina um and yeah you're right like Mac OS has the ability to run different different scales, so no matter which display you get you can kind of plug it in and play with the settings and get things so that the um the text is the right size you want it to be and the UI is the right size you want it to be to be comfortable but yeah, just just know that doing that means that you know uh. everything's going to be a little bit blurrier so in terms of accessibility it's actually kind of a bad thing and it's 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 sort of subtle, but once you know what to look for you can you can always see it.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely true, and you you ruin your brain once you you kind of understand what is happening there, and 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 look to be honest, there there were moments, there were always moments where I could see the kind of banding you talked about, um, and and like yeah, the shimmering, a whole bunch of other things that, and 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 as someone who was a bit of a nerd and a bit of a tinkerer, I found that I was for the first two three weeks that I had this monitor, I was adjusting it every day. And that was not good for my mental health. I, w- I will recommend there's a Mac program called Easy Res that allows you to set a couple of different presets. And that's what I ended up doing of, of like, th- these were presets for this and that. But um, Mark, the thing that is so hard about that is like, I-, I would love to be able to go out and buy a 5K 27 inch Dell, but Dell do not sell a 5K 27 inch. So we we are left with basically two monitors that, that fit the the official guide for retina
0: yeah yeah that's the uh, that's the obvious downside of this conversation you can be you can have whatever standards you want but um as you mentioned there is basically it's it's shocking and disappointing there is basically nothing on the market we have the um as you mentioned the pro display xdr which is not a sensible choice for pretty much anyone we we have the lg ultrafine we have um the the lg ultrafine 5k 27 inch which is very expensive, very nice display. That's certainly a great choice. That's pretty much the only one. the The new LG, LG UltraFine 4K is actually doesn't meet these requirements, and it's worse than the older model 4K. Um, the iMac is currently what I've been recommending to most people when, mm. when, when they sort of say, what, "What should I buy to plug into my, to my um, you know, my laptop?" I'm like, "Well, you know what? If you're going to buy an LG UltraFine 5K, you're basically spending as much money as an iMac." You may as well just get an iMac because you get a nicer case and it's better better yeah. in some other respects. Um,
1: or, or- I, I, I completely forgot that yeah, the Retina um, 5K monitor, uh, sorry, a uh, 5K iMac existed, and yes, that that was my work uh, machine for the last two years, and that was gorgeous. That that was, I guess, that's as close as I've come to. Well, that was the only Retina uh, desktop I've ever used, and it, it was wonderful. It was just absolutely wonderful. Whereas. Uh, you know, I'm now currently looking at a 1440p, and I can see the, the pixels, but, you know, um, I think it does okay.
2: See, the thing is, with, with the, the iMac, say you want a second screen to go with it, or a third screen to go with it, stuff, yep. there's, there's nothing on the market that's as nice as the iMac no. for anything at a reasonable price. The I don't know how Apple sells the iMac 5K, which is like 2600 or so. That screen alone is worth, separately, at least 1500 the computer's almost well, free. Well, I don't, I don't think wish- they
0: pay the same price. They, well, don't, they don't pay normal normal rates for their mm-hmm. displays.
2: But I, I wish they would just sell that screen in the in the iMac yeah. as a separate mm. screen for like a grand, and they would sell it like hotcakes. Then I could just go to anyone, just, just buy that screen. Uh, You'll be very happy with I'd them. buy two of those in a second if they sold them separately
0: i think they will and i think that there's also there's another sort of side to this the um so the lg ultrafine 5k the imac and the um there was a dell model the um up 2715k i have this written down very clearly because i <laughs> certainly wouldn't remember that um and there's also an um i think it's pronounced uh Iyama. um so all of those displays are I think share the same LG panel. So LG is the supplier for, for Apple for the um the iMac displays. Now the there's certain reasons why the iMac is probably the better option in terms of factory calibration and other stuff. But yeah, in terms of the actual panel itself, all 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 those displays were the same. Now the problem is the Dell's not available anymore. For whatever reason they stopped selling it. I, I don't know what IAMA are like as a as a display brand, um, which basically leaves you with the the ultrafine five K at a at a high price tag or buying an iMac, which is it's just not a good time to buy an iMac right now because the, mm. the uh, Apple Silicon M1 Macs are out and they're amazing. So surely iMacs around the corner, uh, well, maybe 12 months, but that would be, that'd be a good option. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its
1: own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
2: For, for me, I kind of settled on a, just, just having to not have a retina screen as my main screen on a desktop Mac anymore. If I'm running the little Mac, Mac Mini or as an external display for a, a laptop, I think that's a reasonable thing to assume that you just can't really have a retina screen unless you go with a 27-inch 4K and just double the resolution to 1080p and live with the larger size.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, that's, actually, that's a good option, I think. I mean, I think getting a non-retina screen now, getting a cheap screen now, and, and just just trying to survive for the next, you know, whatever... 18 months, 24 months until this stuff's sorted, and then you can reassess it, I think is a good option. Because there's so many, those, you know, non-retina, whatever, 110 PPI about screens are so cheap these days because they're just, you know, they're like whatever, five-year-old technology or or more. So you can pick them up pretty cheaply.
1: Well, before we get to what we're all rocking, I I, want to ask... Uh, Mark, that you know, just just going back to that LG 5K for a little while. I remember you you were like stocking up on them um, at at one point. Uh, It it seemed like that you were a massive fan of those.
0: Yeah, I've actually never owned one personally. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, I ended up because I kind of ran out of options. I ended up getting uh, an iMac for a while, and and then I've I've ended up buying a Pro Display XDR, which again, not necessarily recommended, but it is quite nice. Um. Yeah, but I mean, basically, <laughs> the, the the LG 5K is, is is the only game in town. If, if you need an external display, that is it. That's that's your mm-hmm. only choice. If you're if you're on a Mac and you're doing you're doing visual work and 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 you want things to be as, as sharp as possible, that is it. That's your only choice. And and maybe, also, maybe like, it was good Russell like Oh yeah, no. Uh, Russell and Tony like they've all yeah yeah. Tony's got a couple of them. Yeah yeah. I mean it's it's and I think they're they're also hard to to come by too. They're they're you know yeah, stock they are is always these low these days. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, Sorry, you're right. It must have been uh, uh, one of our other friends, Russell, who does uh, iOS development as well. And he was really, really gung ho about the LG monitors and even kind of banked up a couple at his office. But my only experience with those was when I was working at a university and we bought quite a few of them when they first came out. And they weren't the most reliable monitors on the planet. Now, the you know the screen was fantastic. It, everything seemed to kind of work okay, but they were really flaky. And I don't know whether it was OS, uh, sorry Mac OS at the time, but they were really flaky in terms of remembering your settings. Or sometimes you just have to reboot the machine once you plugged it in and unplugged it a couple of times. And yeah, there were there were just a lot of issues. And we ended up sending back a couple of those to lg and the fact that lg immediately re- re- returned them you know months after warranty said to me that they kind of knew that it was a bit of a dud product
0: so i think there were some shielding issues originally some there was some wi-fi issues um and there was certainly lots of firmware updates and we're currently on the i believe second generation of lg 5ks so i think the ones you buy today are a little bit different to the the original ones and yeah i agree i, I yeah, I heard from a lot of people that the, the, the first first few months of those things weren't particularly good, but I think, I think they're pretty stable now. I'd, oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, definitely yeah, recommend it. I'd recommend it now, even mm, though a okay. lot of people have a... If, if you read a bad opinion, it's probably likely one that was formed when they were first released.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's go through the room and, and talk about what monitors we're using. So, Anthony, uh, what, what
2: is your current monitor setup? Right now, I have a Xiaomi uh, 34-inch screen. It's an ultra-wide. Curve unit. It's thirty four forty by fourteen forty, and it's um so cheap. Like they're about four hundred and fifty bucks on sale, five hundred at the normal price. Like at uh, Kmart sell them, <laughs> so it's a Kmart monitor. And, Kmart um, sells Xiaomi? Yeah, yeah, they sell this monitor. Not not in store, but on their their website. Oh, right? yeah, for four ninety nine. Um, and it's it's a VA panel, not an uh, IPS, but it looks great for a VA panel. And it's also great for games because it's it's 144 hertz r- refresh rate, which is important for gamers because if they're running their game at a different refresh rate than what the frames per second the card's putting out, they get tearing. So like you get um, the top half of the screen will be at a sync with the bottom half of, of the screen. And when you want to play those like fast action games, um, you need, you, you want six, at least 60 or more because it's a lot smoother, so they can kind of shoot things a lot better, essentially. And 144 hertz is quite high, and this monitor can do it. So I actually run Mac OS so at 100, 120 hertz, and scrolling is so smooth. Like it scrolls really nicely, and that's a for a monitor that costs 450 bucks I, I, I can't complain. It's really good.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing, yeah. I, I, I've i only got one Xiaomi product in my house, and it's
2: my vacuum cleaner, and I love it to death,
1: which is something I never
2: thought I'd say yeah, about a vacuum. They're, they're, they're really good, yeah. I've got one as well, a vacuum cleaner. I've got Xiaomi Watch. A Xiaomi. I've got tons of Xiaomi stuff. They're great value for money stuff. So 34 inches is pretty damn big for a
1: desk. Uh, do you have um, a second monitor as well, or are you just rocking the, the no. one big one?
2: Just one. I've tried every, every monitor setup that you can think of. I've tried, a, I've tried three. I've tried two. I've tried one big one. I've tried a 42-inch screen. I've tried a TV as, as a computer monitor. And my personal preference is I think a one big monitor or three smaller ones. Having two, like two 27-inch is a pretty popular setup. I find I can't, I can't decide what to concentrate mm-hmm. on. So I like to have one in, in the middle and two kind of side monitors, or just a single 34. There's, there's actually, if, if I had more money to spend, like if I wanted to spend a, a, a bit more cash, there's a there's two 49-inch screens by Dell and Samsung that have the resolutions mm-hmm. like 5400 by 1600 or so, something like, like that. And it's essentially the same resolution as two 27-inch 1440p screens in the one screen. And so it's got heaps of real estate, heaps of screen size, but it's a 49-inch. So that's, that's even wider than, than the, the, the 34. Um, that's another good alternative if you just want one big screen. Or get if, if you can find them, there's some 24, 25-inch 4K screens. If you run those at, at 200% mode and get three of them, that's <laughs> <actually> really nice <laughs> because they're high-resolution, and so they'll have the full retina and 1080p at that screen size. So actually quite a nice fit. And yeah, you have three of them: two on the side, one in the middle. and It's quite a nice setup. I found when running. Uh, so so I had two
1: 27s at work um, for a long time, and they were they were identical monitors on an arm on a kind of visa mount arm thing. And I spent yeah, like you said, I, I first of all I didn't know which. Things to put on each side of the monitor, like it, it. It drove my, drove me mad. Kind of like figuring out what should be on the left, what should be on the right, and then I just spent so much of my day, kind of slightly, just tiny micro adjustments, um, because they, Wait, yeah, they never yeah. really felt exactly. Um, up to date, uh, like uh, in line with each other, and then I'd spend all half the day like staring at the bezels between the
2: two monitors. <laughs> like it would just oh that yeah that's that's what i can, can, can get annoying too. Yeah, it had to be precisely aligned because if the bezels don't line up, it's like ah. Oh. And even the the color collaboration between each screen can be can be kind of different, mm-hmm. so you have to do that too. So that's another downside of multiple screens that you only really realise after a few after having them in your uh, house. And some people can put up with a lot of in, in, uh, in, imperfections in their screen setup, but I, for me, I'm not a very picky person. I'll go with the flow for many things, but my monitor, like what I look at for like eight hours a day, it has to be absolutely perfect, and I, I won't compromise mm-hmm. on on that. So yeah, I, I'm very fussy about the kind of like the color levels and the the brightness and the contrast and having multiple screens to actually match. Otherwise, it's, it's very
1: frustrating so uh so mark do you have uh two xdrs on your desk you know one in landscape one in vertical and
0: uh no i I don't but i did see the um the apple patent that they potentially might have a um a stand that holds two xdrs i don't know if you saw that today
1: god
0: God knows how much that's going to cost it's going to be a lot of money um no i'm I'm with anthony 100 on this in that i far prefer i've tried multiple display setups i've worked in um used to do photo retouching years ago and it'd be pretty common to have uh, multiple displays and you know like photoshop panels set up in one of them and the actual main display to work in the other and I, i just found navigating you know between the two and and um crossing you know the crossing the bezels and all that kind of stuff just to be really distracting and and i'd far prefer to be using just a single big display, or even if I can't have that, a single kind of smaller display and, and working out workflows to, to get around that. I know there's definitely a lot of people who, who like having two or three displays and, you know, good on them. They, they, know, they already know who they are. But for me personally, I'd just rather have one good display. That's it. Keep it for a very long time, you know, make the, make the most of the purchase and... That's that's it, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm kind of in the middle ground. I I, I agree with you both, but so I, I do have two monitors on my screen, but uh, on my desk at the moment. Sorry, but the big difference is uh, one one spends half the day off anyway. But basically, so what I've got is I've got uh, two Dells now. Uh, the main monitor is a twenty-seven inch curved gaming monitor, because it, it spends most of its time, most of its waking life, plugged into a Mac Mini, and the curve is fine for that, and the 1440p resolution is, is quite nice for that. But it's it does have to also be a gaming monitor. So I purchased it, so there's a gaming PC under my desk, and I purchased it with the idea in mind that this is going to be a gaming monitor that also happens to be my Mac Mini's monitor for most of the day. Uh, and then, to the side of that i've got a ten eighty p that was super cheap it w like i bought it on sale uh so it's just a nineteen uh, sorry it's just a twenty one inch uh ten eighty p and for the for throughout the day, it mainly is just divided in in two thirds is my calendar and one third is my to do list and so it's just always there as a kind of a quick glance of what I have next, but I never use anything on it. Like, a, like it's just there for that, um, and I quite like that. Like, it, I know it's a total waste of, of money to have this this monitor always lit up just to show my calendar and to do list, but for me, I I find that's the only way I, I can kind of stay on top of what I'm supposed to be doing for the day. And yeah, it's just a that also the fact that they're very different resolutions and very different screen sizes means I'm not so picky about trying to align them and make them look perfect like uh, I do all of my work on the on the curved one and because it, yeah it, it, the curve is so slight but because it's there it really does kind of wrap your your field of vision and makes the the calendar and to-do monitor look like it's slightly off off to the side and something that you just only have to glance over at does that make a sense to you guys
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's, that's a, I think a good use case is having some kind of permanent dashboard that you're really not, you're interacting with. I guess my, my comments and probably Anthony feels the same, where the thing that I'm actually working on, I just kind of want it to be one space without, without dividers and bezels in in between. Mm -hmm. So,
2: oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of having, that's why I like the kind of three minor setup. If you can't get away with, with one, then you can have one in the middle. That's like, right. This is my main, Workspace. And the two on the side, just like for any, for any, any other crap, kind of like a real desk where you kind of have <laughs> your little clean section yeah, yep. where there's your desk and where there's your mouse and keyboard. And on the sides, is just like, all right, I'll do that later. Or I need that there for handy access, but I don't, I don't need it right, right now. Mm. That's kind of what I think of a three monitor setup, which is why I don't, I don't, a two screen setup, if you're going to do that, one has to be your main screen and the other is just like a, a junk screen. Mm. It, it's hard to have a task spread across two screens all the tools that are out there to help you work with that i find like mark does to be more of a hindrance than a benefit
1: yeah totally yeah and the other nice thing about the monitor on the side here being a a 1080p is that when it does if if i do end up working a little bit later and and i'm just doing something you know that's not that intensive then the calendar's Flick away, and then it becomes either Netflix or YouTube at 1080 p, and that's a quite a nice viewing experience as well. So, uh, yeah, th- that's that's my current kind of setup. So, so Mark, do you have a gaming monitor and a gaming PC
0: as well? No, I've just got just just the just the XDR. <laughs> Budget was gone after that, Pete. There's there <laughs> there no money left. <laughs> um, we, we haven't actually said how much
1: that thing cost. What is the retail of? that oh thing? Oh my
0: god, it's it, Australian. So I've got I've got the the base model you can get because you can get the um the nano textured glass which is like a matte finish. And thankfully I'm in an office where I don't really have reflections. It's, it's a bit of, a bit like a cave in here, which is how I like it. I think it's about 12 grand for the base model. Jesus.
2: I really I thought it was like 7.
0: <laughs> uh, it's 7 US, I think. Well, it's oh, also yeah, 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 6 yeah. grand US without the stand. The stand is a $1,000 as has been <laughs> joked about many many times. Um it is a nice stand. I can I can confirm that it's <laughs> it's pretty good. You'd yeah. hope so. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not entirely sure it's worth the money, but you know the the alternative is um, buying the cheaper Visa mount and then getting some Visa stand for it, which is just I mean you know when when, well, when
2: you're, you've w- already spent the money, exactly. anyway, You may as well just go exactly. The stand and, and the
0: other thing is, so I've only had, I think I've only purchased maybe two or three displays in my entire life. So
2: yeah, if you keep that for ten years, which I think should be very reasonable time frame it's what a
0: grand year. yeah that's what, that's what I keep so. telling myself so I, I had a, I had an Apple 24 inch <laughs> Thunderbolt display before this like the non-retina 24 inch so not even the latest Thunderbolt display like the last one they sold the last one they sold was 27 inch so I had the 24 inch and that but served me really well and I, I think I had that for over a decade and before that I think I had a 20 inch cinema display or something so I tend to keep them you just you know get a good one, keep it for a long time. The, the other thing is if you are doing design work, uh, as, as Pete mentioned before with the the Acer display, he Acer or Asus display he bought, Apple are really good with their calibration and they They don't do that thing where they, they, you know, where quite often TVs especially, but displays as well, can be really hyped and oversaturated and just just too too vibrant where you have to go in and change a whole bunch of settings. There really aren't many settings on Apple displays. Um, There's basically nothing you can tweak apart from brightness and a few other very minor things. Basically it's 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 amazing. It's it's perfectly calibrated. It looks great. I have actually so I had a I had an iMac Pro before this. Yeah, there's reasons for that. But anyway, so I was I was actually able to compare the iMac Pro display to the XDR uh, sort of side by side. And I got to say for for most people, for me as well, like the iMac is 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 enough display. It's really in terms of calibration if you're looking at normal normal UI and even even photo editing, it's really there's not there is something between them, and, and certainly the XDR is better in some respects. I, I, I'm not sure. If, if there was an iMac that you could buy that was just an, a display rather than an iMac, it was just a separate standalone display by Apple that's the, the proper iMac resolution and panel, that would definitely be the one to get for basically anyone who could afford it. Um, and the XDR really, I think, would would struggle if, if that product, exists, product existed, because I'm not even sure the XDR is – if you were a Hollywood studio – I'm not even sure the XDR is the right display for you because the um, the one difference between an iMac versus the XDR is the uh, the iMac has one backlight for the entire panel, so it's um, what that means is black it ends up being a little bit grey, um, not not. Not as a massive issue depending on what you're doing, but yeah, if you're comparing them, that's that's one difference. Whereas the XDR has um, localized dimming for the backlight. So it, basically it's like there's a, a grid of lights behind the display and then it turns them off if, if that portion of the display is black, which almost never happens when you're looking at UI anyway. So most of them are on or partially on. It is a nice display though. <laughs> am, I, am, <laughs> yeah, yeah. am I selling it? I'm not really selling it, am I? Just buying it. No, no, no.
1: no. I mean, look, if I I think the the main thing we all want is Apple to release that that um, iMac without the the computer in it.
0: We we do. We do. Although now the Apple Silicon Macs are out, um, my I think if they don't do that, if they don't release the separate display, I think the the best option for most people, even if it doesn't feel like it is suitable, if you do want a Mac and you do want a um, a nice display, the best option is going to be an Apple Silicon iMac. That is going to be probably. The cheapest and best way to go.
1: I wish I wish they would still do target display mode though on their Retina uh, iMacs because that's that's one thing. Like I I would love to have uh, a Retina iMac on this desk right now, if I could use it also as a gaming monitor for the PC under the desk. But you can't do that, so
0: yeah. yeah. I I, I think uh, initially the reason for that was that there wasn't enough bandwidth in Thunderbolt two, and there obviously is enough bandwidth in Thunderbolt three and Thunderbolt four and USB four to do you know like. 5K, 6K displays. So yeah, I hope I hope it comes back. But um, Mm. I think I think initially, so the initially it was a bit of a hack. And in fact, I'm not even sure if the current iMacs are still like this, where the display is internally split into two, and it's actually two halves. And occasionally, um, I've certainly seen iMacs do this. Not recently. Again, I don't know if the hardware is like this now. But the original iMac 5K was 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 yeah, the, the screen was split in down the so left and right half. And occasionally, if something happened, Like there was a kernel panic or something weird happened you 'd occasionally see one half of the display look different to the other half mm-hmm. so I think internally yeah, that, no. that was how it was it was wired up because there was no way to do you know there was no yeah, I'm pre- three I'm
1: pretty sure the, the latest ones don't do that that they are they are just the one panel and the one driver but yeah, right. yeah I remember that they, they used to have separate lanes for for left and right the the only other thing I would say uh, just to to bring it back to Average people going into office works or whatever, now that you can do that is go and play around with the little buttons underneath the display. Uh, because that was the other thing that just drove me nuts about that Acer that I had is, um, you know, we, we expect terrible kind of UI in a lot of products, but when you, when you're trying to like navigate through an on screen display with maybe four little tiny little buttons and, and which arrow goes which way is just, some of them do it terribly. And, and that's another reason why, uh, Anthony, I can always, you know, suggest Dell as a safe bet that it's not going to send someone insane when they get it home, is that at least the Dell monitors, first of all, they, their on-screen display is crap, but it's better than most. But oh, yeah. um, it's also, it,
2: it also tends to just play nice out of the box with Macs as well as PCs. Yep, I find the calibration of the Delmon is actually quite good. And um, you usually don't have to tweak much. Whereas the Xiaomi, I had to play around with a fair bit to get the right settings. Because in On on um the Mac, at least, there's an app that will help you calibrate the um, display. It displays a few pictures, and it's like, is this darker? Is this bright? It's kind of like going to an optometrist and they ask you, is this better or is that better? And you can kind of change the brightness and the contrast for each one, and you can kind of get that. Nice looking image. If you actually need to do collaboration towards a certain standard, like Rec 704 or uh, Adobe RGB, for or any kind of printing stuff, that's a whole different story. Um, but for just everyday use, you can just get get by with just the buttons on the back. Mm. All right.
1: Well, this has gone far longer than I expected, but thank you so much, Anthony and Mark, for for joining us. And hopefully we've answered a couple of questions that uh, people had out there. If you've got more questions, feel free to send them through. But yeah, once again, thank you, Mark. Thank you. And thank you, Anthony. You're welcome, Pete. And thank you for listening to the very first Help Desk Escalations. Like I said, this is going to be a weekly series. And next week, my two colleagues from SMH, Tim Biggs and Alice Clark, will be joining me to talk all the tech toys to buy for Christmas this year. Until then, you can listen to the help desk every single morning on whatever podcasting app you choose. But if you can, feel free to jump on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a couple of stars so other people can find the show. My name is Peter Wells. Thank you for listening. See ya.
0: Planning for your next trip?